1: if you are international
0: and want to add that to your calendar so you don't have to do all the time conversions, head on over to lovereality.org slash circles and add the internet church circle to your calendar. This episode of The Move is sponsored by friends over at Dwell. Dwell is a Bible app that I've recently fallen in love with. It makes dwelling on scripture so much easier, whether you're commuting to work, you're putting the kids to bed, or you're just running errands and you want to spend more time in God's word, this is the app for you. Their mission is all inspired from Psalms 119, where it actually talks about the value of hiding God's word in our hearts. And as people who are committed to the way of Jesus and following after him, hiding God's word is one of the main ways that we can actually build ourselves up and Encourage one another and just reorient our lives around truth and the proclamation of what Jesus has done for us. So, if you'd like to check out the app for yourself, you can go to dwellapp.io/slash the move and get 30% off a lifetime subscription to dwell. Welcome back to the move. We're vibing through the book 10 minutes at a time. I'm Hills Jessica, and in today's episode, we're talking about the time that Joseph tests his brothers. But before you get to that, I actually have a bit of a confession and an apology to make, Tyler, if that's okay. Uh, oh. Tell us about it. Yeah. So the confession is um, we had internet church the last Friday and I completely blanked and forgot to tell people on the move that internet church was happening. In fact, it was, it was really terrible because about 20 minutes before internet church was going on, I was like, shouldn't we send out the text message that internet church is happening tonight? And so uh, I dropped the ball on that. And I'd like to apologize <laughs> to everyone who got the text late and was frantically figuring out what to do. Like there were people who were literally like running errands as they were doing internet church with us. People still showed up and it was awesome, but I feel like we could have prepared them a little bit better for that. And that's my bad. I want to apologize to everybody. You were there at internet church. You were literally in the middle of your work day at internet church. Cause you and I are in uh, a much later time zone than everyone else in the United States.
2: Yeah, yeah. I was grading papers. I had the papers stacked up next to the computer. And uh, so with those people running errands, I was right there with them. Oh, but, yeah. But yeah, you got, we got to let the people know. What is it? Next week is the next one?
0: No, not uh, not this Friday, but the next Friday after that. So I'm looking at the calendar. It's not actually going to be till May, not the 6th, but the one after that 13. If we go to May. Oh, no, no. No, no, you got it right. Actually, I was wrong. Yeah, it is May 6. Yeah. yeah, May 6 is the next internet church. And so maybe this is the announcement for that. But we would love to Mark have you guys calendar. there. There's a way to figure out all that information. Of course, you've heard it already by now. But you could just text the word internet church to the number that we always tell people to text to Tyler has it memorized. I don't have that memorized. What's the number for internet church?
2: 808-204-4372. There you go. That's 808-204-4372. Do you think you would be a, a good radio announcer or DJ? No. Heads? No? I do not. Every <laughs> once in a while I try it out and I'm like, yep, I still suck at it. So, Well, you know
0: what? You're a great teacher and that's that's good enough. Everyone's got their different skill set. <laughs> Oh, thank you. So with that said, um, hopefully that clears me of any guilt and condemnation I might be feeling over the last couple of days because I've dropped the ball. But speaking of good guilt, news,
2: Justin. Yeah. Jesus cleared you of that a long time ago. Oh, dang. <laughs> I interrupted your transition to say that. Go ahead. I keep was going.
0: trying to toss to the idea of guilt because guilt is one of those themes that we see in this episode or, or in this passage that we're looking at. We, we see story. the brothers are called back. To Joseph, Joseph plays a little bit of a, uh, uh, of, you know, he's playing a, a sly trap against them, and uh, he hides money in uh in their sacks. He hides uh, a silver cup inside of Benjamin's uh, knapsack, as it were, his backpack, and sends the servant after there. And pretty soon, we see things start to heat up just a little
2: bit. Man, they really did heat up in quick, fast, and in a hurry. <laughs> it, it is quite the story. I mean. As we've been going through the story of Joseph, I just think Joseph is one of the most incredible characters of the Bible. And this story, I mean, you can't tell the story of him with leaving this one out where he's, it's the whole, I mean, we're coming up on the big reveal, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? But the fact that he got them to bring Benjamin and and it was such a big deal for them to bring Benjamin from home. and, And then now that they brought him, he puts his little golden goblet. This thing that, yes, he drinks wine out of, apparently, but also that he practices divination with, which is also apparently a big role of Joseph's as a leader of Egypt. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he puts it in Benjamin's sack. And it's just like, can you imagine? These brothers, like, they get chased down by, like, the king's guard. And then they're like, what? Like, we haven't done anything. Like, yes, search anything. And then a key theme in the judgment scenes of the Bible is that, and this is something I believe from Romans 1 that we see the judge like judgment is the wrath of God, and the wrath of God is when God gives people over to what they want. And we mm-hmm. see with all these key judgment themes, what does I think it's Judah do, but he says, Listen, if it's found on any one of us, then it's our life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the servant says, All right, it'll be exactly as you say. And I'm like, Oh. Judgment scene, cue. Oh,
0: he gives them over to their passions or their
2: desires. That's the idea, exactly. And oh. so you see this over and over and over in these types of scenes where there ends up being a revealing, mm-hmm. and Joseph ends up revealing himself. But and in a test, it's an opportunity to reveal. First, where are you going to be in this test? Mm. When there's righteousness and there's you know deceit, where are you going to be? Mm. Which side of the line are you going to be standing on? So there's this opportunity, and then the judgment is never God like punishing Hmm. but rather hey what is what do you want Hmm. do you want death and that's that's kind of what I see in this story, right? Yeah.
0: I find I found it interesting that they said so quickly, like, hey, we'll die and we'll all become your slaves if we find this thing. Cause like not too long ago, they had this moment where they didn't expect that there would be anything in their sacks, like other than just the grain that they purchased. And all of a sudden they found a bunch exactly. of money. And they're like, Oh my goodness, like our sins are catching up to us, like our guilt is right in front of us again. And so they come kind of blazingly hot. Like, oh I I feel like if I was in that position, I would have been like, Oh shoot, I'm sorry. Are you serious? Like Let's let's find it. Let's make sure that you're all right. I don't think I would offer very quickly, like, kill me and turn all my brothers into slaves, just given the context of what had happened just a couple of chapters earlier.
2: That's a good point. And that's very level-headed. I think about it, I think maybe in my, my perspective, I would be like, listen, I learned my lesson with my brother. We sold him into slavery. And then the gold cool coins, we have been on our best behavior for sure this time. You can search all my stuff. Like, there's not a chance you're going to find anything mm-hmm. because... This keeps happening. I've been I've been doing – I'm good. I've been in the right this time. Like, go ahead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that's probably what I would have done, but hey. <laughs> and then you end up with
0: egg on your face because then they do, in fact, find something.
2: Yeah, 100%. And that's – man, it is – it's just really – it's such a beautiful scene the way this sets it all up for Judah. Mm. Yeah, and, and that's that's what's interesting
0: is because, you know, earlier we had this kind of parenthetical chapter all on Judah earlier, and now we're having the same thing. Like, we're going to get to the big reveal. We're going to see Joseph kind of just have this come clean moment. We get to see his heart on display yet again. And yet we're not getting there yet. This whole chapter is actually really focused on how Judah steps up and, and how he actually ends up being the kind of older brother that maybe we all wish we had at some point in our life.
2: Yeah, I know Joseph definitely wished he would have had this older brother a long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) That would have saved him quite a bit of pain, wouldn't it? Yeah. And that, I mean, isn't that the theme of this whole thing? Judah Judah steps up and he tells the whole story. He says, listen, please hear me and don't be angry. And he breaks it all down, like playing to the the empathy, just like my father's heart towards my brother Mm. and my heart towards my father. I can't see him go through this again. Uh, they say that our guilt is upon us. So obviously they're carrying the consequences. They know that they did wrong by Joseph. And so he's seeing, and this is, I think, the beautiful thing about a test. Uh, and we've talked about tests already in Genesis, right? Mm-hmm. Have we talked about them? Well, Which part? Just like the theme of testing. I think that sometimes we don't like the idea of a test.
0: Right. And and yet sometimes tests actually allow us to step into something that maybe we didn't realize that we were stepping into. I think actually we were talking about this earlier with Ben, this idea of like, why does Joseph test if he already has a heart that's predisposed to them as well as in part? They can now have this moment where they, got to, they get to kind of laugh back. Remember when Judah did the right thing? Wasn't that awesome? How did that make you feel? And Judah maybe even has this catharsis, this moment where he's like, man, yeah, I did do the right thing. I did kind of quote unquote atone for a little bit.
2: Yeah, I think that that is such a beautiful redemptive theme Hmm. where, you know, we see that the one who did not intercede on behalf of his brother first uh, gets the chance to intercede on behalf of his brother Mm -hmm. And not only, and it ends up being such an even more beautifully redemptive scene because not only does he intercede on behalf of Benjamin, Mm -hmm. but he does it in front of the brother that he did not stand up for in the first place. Yeah, yeah. And then shows and displays the remorse, the compassion, and the love that. You know, so there's healing and redemption all around.
0: Yeah, and and I think the reason why we get to the healing, we get to the redemption is because of the transformation that has taken place in in their lives up to this point. I I thought it was interesting how in verse 13, when the brothers realize that the cup was found in Benjamin's sack. It says that they tore their clothing in despair. And it reminds me of their father when they came back and said, oh, you know, sorry, Joey died. He was attacked by wild animals. His father rends his clothes. And so in a very real sense, where with one of the brothers, they had animosity and hatred for, now they have love and compassion. They're actually now mirroring the heart of their father towards their youngest brother.
2: Yeah, it's so beautiful. That, that, I mean, and isn't that a, in case somebody can't hear it without you spelling it out perfectly how much is that like first john 4 we love because he first loved us yeah. it is the love of the father towards his children that then actually has transformed our hearts and then and then it is our new state of being mm-hmm. as adopted sons and daughters that as we just live we then love as he loved first john 4 again where it's as he is so are we in this world mm. and yeah that's that's what we're seeing is how beautiful that it's, um, what's their, Jacob, right? Is their dad? Mm-hmm. The love of the father for the son gets transferred to his other sons. And we see it displayed. So cool.
0: You know, something that was interesting in the way that, and sorry for them, (laughs) I realized they didn't close the door behind me. And so sometimes with Ben, we get the chickens. Apparently you get the the motorcycles driving through Kailua right now. (laughs) like
2: Biker gang, let's go.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because earlier they talked about what happened to Joseph in front of quote unquote like the ruler they didn't know it was joseph and they just say oh you know our, our brother's no longer with us." kind of thing like they're, they're kind of vague about it but then now mm. they actually talk about how from their perspective or at least the story that they've owned for so long is that our brother was torn to pieces by wild animals
1: and so mm. i think it was just
0: interesting how like now they're kind of forced to bring their confession to the to, to the very front like it's now it's not like they can just hide and say oh you know we don't have a brother anymore but like No, like maybe it wasn't actually wild animals, but they're confronted with the reality that they murdered him from, from their perspective, from the best of their knowledge, he's dead. They murdered him.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The, this, where he says in verse 33, please let your servant remain instead of the boy as a servant to my Lord Mm. and let the boy go back with his brothers. There's, there's something you said that hits me with confession, And I think there's, we could take this story and apply it very practically on, like, you know, the microcosm of walking this thing out, right? Where when we do wrong, we need to be able to admit that what we did was wrong. Mm. And in admitting that what we did was wrong, there is a real healing that takes place when we confess that to the one that we wronged. Mm. And then in being able to confess, and just the beauty of confession is that we actually come into agreement with truth and reality right that one yes there was something wrong but two that's not actually the end like that's not who i am anymore that's not like this is not where we have to stop confession ends with this beautiful thing about like let your servant remain instead of the boy mm. And Jesus says, there is no greater love than this, that one would lay down their life for a friend. Mm. And so as we continue in this this walk, all of a sudden, it's, it is the greatest love, as Jesus described, that ends up being displayed in this story. And I just think that that's so freaking beautiful. And if I think I actually, I think I could share this story Um if I can. Yeah, yeah. This reminds me of something that just happened recently. Oh, do tell. I'm curious. So I'm not sure if if all the listeners know Morgan and I's story. I know we've mentioned it before, but um, if you haven't, check it out on the Death to Life podcast with Richard Young. It's episodes one and two, and you can hear our story. But one of the things that Morgan always felt strongly about is as we started sharing our testimony, we've been living this out. Her sister was not really rocking. Mm. Um, her sister was, was she was very the
0: up- once a cheater, always a cheater kind of? Like, or what was the reason I why? I think
2: she was her- that is a big part. Okay. Yeah. Okay. She was very upset with me. And then also she noticed how different I think Morgan was. Hmm. And in seeing how different Morgan was, there was almost a sense of like, I lost my sister. Her, they oh. are so close. Best friends. Sure. So now it's like, we don't relate on the same things, you know. So then there's an anger that, um, actually, she literally said, Tyler has brainwashed you. Hmm. And uh, anyways, Morgan, this was a big weight for her. Um, It's been really hard for her because she loves her sister so deeply. Mm -hmm. And uh, she had said before it was this weight of like, she could see a lot of the deception, the lies that her sister was living in, because she was like, I taught her that. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Like, I did that. Yeah. I told, I'm the one that spoke about Tyler in the same way, that they were brainwashed. I'm the one that talked about the gospel in the same way. And so all of these things, she just felt this huge weight that she felt responsible. And um, a couple weeks ago, not even two weeks ago, her sister called. And long story short, in this conversation, she's crying. She's going through a lot of stuff. And Morgan tries one more time. She's just like, hey, you don't have to live like this. If you want to start brand new in freedom with Jesus, hmm. you can. Hmm. And for the first time, the last time this happened, her sister got really mad and says, I don't stop doing that, you know, all that. And um, she was just like, okay. So they prayed wow. and she just had this uh, encounter with the Holy Spirit and put to death all of the pride, the lies, the control that she was living from. And she has been radically, radically transformed Amen. to the point where like people that, Um, are in her life right now and are kind of causing her whatever kind of problems, they've said to her, you've been brainwashed. (laughs) And when she heard that, she was like, it's just wild because that's literally what I said about you. And now like now that I've seen the truth, it's funny about how wrong I was. Mm. And she's just so at peace. She's growing all the things that used to maybe make her angry. She's just saying like the gospel is beautiful. And the reason I bring this up, is because I see in that story of what I just shared about Morgan and her sister, this thing with Reuben, where Reuben messed up, and he messed up big. Yeah. You mean Judah? And there were deep ramifications. Oh, Judah. Yeah, my bad, my bad. Thank you. No worries. Judah messed up big, and there were deep ramifications. And how beautiful is it that God orchestrated it? Hmm. So that Judah would be the one to stand up yeah, yeah. and be able to have this redemptive moment. And I told Morgan the same thing. I said, you felt, even though it wasn't on you, you felt responsible for the deception that your sister was in. Yeah. How dope is it that God allowed you to be the one responsible mm. to be the conduit through which he would bring redemption to your sister?
0: Yeah, It's just, it's amazing how Judah's like last statement right here in, in 32 is like, Hey, if I don't bring him back, I'll bear the blame forever. Cause that's the perspective that he, he owns. Like that's just how he's been living for the last however many decades. He's just, I'm guilty. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. I should have, could have. And yet I didn't. And so I'm guilty. I bear the blame. And, and and it's mentioned this time in, and in several chapters before as well, like the reason why all this happening is because God is finally holding us accountable for our sins. And it's just amazing that we get to see a God on display. It's like, yeah, technically by the letter of the law, you're right. You should bear the blame. You should go to death. You should be a slave forever and ever and ever and ever. And ever. And yet the heart of God is revealed both in Judah, in his self-sacrificial transformational nature, but also what we're going to see with Joseph in the way that forgiveness has been so freely extended before they even ask. And I think Mm. that is what's so amazing here is that, yes, guilty, true. We are all guilty. We've all fallen short. We're all deserving of death. And yet there's a God here. Who says, no, don't worry. I'm not going to allow that to be the definer of who you are. Yes, you've made some mistakes. Your past is dirty. And yet you're redeemed. You're welcome to family. I'm not ashamed. And that's the crazy part, right? Joseph, not ashamed to call them brothers. And Mm. that's what Jesus is to us. He's not ashamed to call us brothers. He's not ashamed to give his life for us. He's not afraid to be be put to death on our behalf because he loves us.
2: Amen, amen, man. I'll tell you what, if anybody's listening to this podcast, you better stick around for the next upcoming episodes because these are some of my absolute favorite scenes in the Bible. But man, thank you for that, Dustin. This is a good word in this chapter. Amen, amen, amen. Hey, we'll see you guys at Internet Church. Don't forget.